Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to That Davis Show. I am your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. Of course, I'm always accompanied by the charming, the ruggedly handsome, <laughs> Ryan Bukovsky. Stop it. Follow him. So follow him <laughs> at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski one on Instagram. Uh, we got a lot to get into. The NFL trade deadline uh, ended about two hours ago right now. How about those Bears moves? Well, I mean, well, aggressive, well, right? So aggressive. Well, Unloaded the whole team. Oh, wait. They brought in a whole new squad. <laughs> All right. Uh, we definitely Super Bears, Super Bowl. <laughs> you definitely have to talk about the Bears' upcoming game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I'm going to let you know right now. I have that as a victory. Uh, Got to talk about that Von Miller trade and our bullies. All right. We're, we're bull on the bullies right now, man. For real. Bulls. Do the Bears even exist? It's all bulls, right? Definitely. 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 Speaking of the bulls, also on under center this Friday, we're going to drop an interview with uh, NBA, not just NBA, but bulls play-by-play announcer Adam Amin. So make sure you check that out. And finally, we're going to talk a little bit about the World Series with Game 6 commencing tonight. How are you doing, Ryan Bieske? Oh, we're live. We're we're going. I'm feeling great. We're almost through the midway of the week. Another show coming up later, and we got plenty of sports to discuss. So how could I be doing any worse? How about you, Kevin? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now, I got to get, as we go off top, take from the top, the tippy. Off top? I have to get your opinion on the excerpts from GQ on Scottie Pippen's <laughs> upcoming book, Unguarded. Um, man, the heat, the, the flame blower was out. All right, Scotty. And I look, I had tweeted out, right, that I'm not mad. Did I want it? No, I really didn't want to know, Scotty. But like so many people are like upset with Scotty. Is Scotty cantankerous? Does Scotty have some hate in his heart? Hell yeah. Um, is any of it right? Probably so. <laughs> Shout out to Ivan. Listen, dude. If if listen, we all know Scottie Pippen is the player he 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 is now, or doesn't have his legacy without Michael Jordan. All right, that's that's the truth. But let's also not act like oh my man Berlissimo's here. Let's also not act like the fact that Scottie didn't help Michael out too. And also, when you look at the Last Dance. Look, I love Michael Jordan, but I know what to expect from Michael Jordan. All right. That's just the truth. You don't know what to expect. What is his teammates thinking? <laughs> I'm saying. And Scotty, look, in one of the excerpts, Scotty, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing the whole thing. But Scotty's talking about the fact that how foolish he was to think after 17 years of being a retired basketball player that Mike's spots would have changed and that he would have given him and his, his other teammates the props they so 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 well deserve, right? Look, I get it. I know Scotty's trying to sell books. Um, I don't want to really want to know how the sausage is being made, all right? But some right. of the stuff that he pointed out, all right, when he pointed out that Mike had texted him, was like, man, I heard you kind of upset with me. Right. And with PAX, the PAX stuff, 
he really put packs out there bad. Now, did you read any of this stuff from the excerpts from GQ, Ryan? No, funny enough, when you sent the Scotty thing, I was wondering, is he mad that Joakim Noah's the brand ambassador all of a sudden? Is that what this is related to? Listen, listen, he goes into how, and I, I actually like the period where Scotty came back to help the twin toddlers out. Scotty was playing well, but those knees were gummy. And he he lasted all about 22 games. Right. And now the beginning of the year, Scotty was supposed to come off the bench. Scotty ended up starting, right? And if you know basketball, you can see just the craftiness and what he was doing. A lot of people just look at the points to figure out what's going on. But you can really see how he was controlling the game, being a point forward out there, right? But he talks about how Pax asked him to come back then to help Bill Cartwright and then fire Bill Cartwright 14 games into the season, right? And that basically that didn't end well. And then how they brought him back to be an ambassador. Um, and he, he said that, you know, that was basically just like being a mascot, which that's basically what being an ambassador is. All right. You're being a mascot. But Scotty wanted to have say in personnel and I, to a certain degree. Now, one thing, Scotty, I will say you have to have a trained eye, but I'm saying that to one of the, the 75 and 50 greatest players ever. So clearly he probably does have a trained eye, but there's still probably a couple of more values or things that you need to have under your belt before you're someone's go-to personnel person. But still, Scotty's one of the greatest players. Scotty's one of the smartest basketball players. There's nothing wrong with asking him some ideas. He's one of the greatest players in your organization. So then he goes on to say that that Pax hit him up again and was like, and this was, I believe, after the last dance that came, came out. And Pax was kind of like, listen, I know things didn't end well, and I'm paraphrasing, um, but I don't like I want you to know that I really appreciate you as a teammate, because basically he's, from what Pax was looking at, he wasn't getting his props. Scotty wasn't from the last dance. So he goes on and Pax is like, man, the organization has never treated you right. And Scotty comes back at him like, yeah, but you've been running the organization for like 15 years. right?" <laughs> and Pax, this run, Pax starts crying. <laughs> right? He says Pac starts crying. And then he went to uh, Reinsdorf and said, I need to step down and, and let somebody else run it. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. Funny one. But wait. Then he's like, man, I, I don't know what to tell Pax while he's crying. I'm just waiting for him to stop because I don't care. Right? Like, just <laughs> like, I don't even care. Right? I mean, the flamethrower to Scotty was, I'm sure he was sipping a lot of that bourbon with this one. But it's one of those things where I know he's trying to sell books, and this was my childhood. This was a part of yours, so I don't want I don't want to, those memories ruined. But no fairness, they're not. I still had these wonderful memories. Anybody with common sense basically knows Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan ain't best friends. All right, well, so that's going to be nothing new under the sun when it comes to their relationship. Um, and I see people talking about when Scotty was at his Hall of Fame and he said that Mike was his favorite teammate and Mike said the same thing. They can feel like that and still stab each other in the back. You know what I'm saying? They, yes, they do need a, a crying pack to me. They should have been had one home for Michael Jordan, Bellissimo. But still, that's my off top, Ryan. Scotty uh, just basically saying that Michael Jordan doesn't appreciate what Scotty and the other players did to his brand, how they put him on a level that only Muhammad Ali has made it to, which I, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with Scotty's point on that, that the winning, the Jordan's winning is what it trumps most arguments, unless if you're talking about Bill Russell. And because that's from a different era, most times we don't include Bill Russell, Oscar Robinson, and Will Chamberlain when we're talking about the top elites of leaks. And also because the, the league wasn't fully integrated at that point. 
Um, but if you're only talking about winning, usually you're looking at Jordan, you're looking at six ranks and no defeats when it comes to the finals. And those players did help him that. And that's part of the reason why. And I was looking at that Celtics game. And I know we're going to get into the Bulls a little bit in a little bit. I, and I saw this young girl with some Jordans on. And I was like, you know, have no idea about those shoes on your feet. Right. But they help. They help that. And it, it made Jordan a billionaire, you know. So I, I do understand why if Michael Jordan is having this documentary, this what was it five part or six parts? I can't remember. Mm, but during the pandemic, th- for anybody, this is like this was this was like versus, but pumped up on steroids, mega, mega, mega. And Jordan's doing the old to myself and he's not giving props to his guys. I understand having a slight and feeling like, dude, I, I play a bigger part than that. And I deserve more attention or I deserve the narrative to 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 to, to shine a nice a nicer light on me than what it shined on Scotty. By the way, is Scotty like trying a tactic here? It was 10 episodes, by the way. Um, is he doing a tactic where every time he does media, he has to try to flame every person on the planet that was associated at all with the Chicago Bulls in the 90s? Well, think about it like this. Isn't this the society that we live in today? I True. mean, usually if people no one comes usually with constructive, I mean, creative, constructive criticism is what I'm trying to say. Usually it's like, <laughs> right, like I'm at you. I'm going to say something crazy. I'm hit, like, that's how you get attention today. So and this isn't like the first time. I don't even want to just put this on social media because scotty has been doing this for about 10 to 15 years. Let's not forget when Scotty doesn't really doesn't get hit with how he said LeBron James was better than Michael Jordan. All right. And he kind of walked it back, but you said it. And then in this article, he's talking, he opens up with the fact that the real reason that Jordan did this, and I don't think he's lying, was that this new generation could see his dominance in regard compared to LeBron, who they've grown up with. And he's mentioned that LeBron and Jordan are on the same level, but LeBron may be even be a superior player. So taking that last mm. stab in the back, going at him. But, I mean, it's what people do nowadays. And, and Scotty's trying to sell books, too. And does he have and, to do it even harder because he's the man associated with Michael Jordan? <laughs> I mean, but uh, th- th- you know what? It's funny. In this industry, right, I think about interviewing different people. And one of the things you usually want to do is set your interview apart. And you, it's hard to not go over some of the biggest points in someone's life when that's part of the reason they're there for you to interview them. So with Scotty, and the reason I'm going down this is Michael Jordan is the, is, is the biggest part. So people are usually want to want to know, and Scotty knows that. And if he says something positive or negative, but more negative, the type of attention and type of light is going to shine on. So, I mean... It, it, listen, it comes with the territory, man. You know what I'm saying? Barrelissimo is going Shakespeare on us with this. Yeah, Barrelissimo is an excellent gentleman, if you didn't know this already. Everyone, make sure you follow him and check out uh, the check out this tape breakdown and uh, everybody at the Tape Never Lies Network. Um, but yeah, man, it's Scotty, Scotty went in hard. Um, it's a slow media day, right? We didn't get any <laughs> trades. <laughs> Wait, I'm looking at the way. Wait, I'm running down the birdies comments. He says Shane McCullough helped Tom Brady win the Super Bowl, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Shane. He's supposed to replace Brian Erlacher. All right, but that's my off the top. If you have something to add, you want to add to it, go right ahead, or we can switch over and jump into the next topic. No, let's go ahead and jump off to these bowls. That's the one I want to talk about. Man, Dude. how was that game against the Celtics? 
So I'm mad, one, because you guys are talking reckless. All right. What's the way? By the way, Kenneth, thanks for the props, Larry. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, look, I was watching that game, and you and D are starting to talk about Io. And first of all, y'all was reckless with y'all comparisons. All right. D said Jimmy Butler. And I'm like, whoa, Jimmy Butler is bigger than him. All right. Like, if you're just using the comp of the type of style of play, I was just pointing that out. Um, but, but I didn't really want to look at y'all text because I thought you were going to say what was happening with the game. I'm not in real time, right? So in the third quarter, first of all, for anybody who didn't see the game, uh, the Bulls jumped out in the first quarter. I don't know if it was the first or second quarter. I think it was the first quarter. The Bulls had an 11-point lead at one point on the Celtics. I mean, it, They were hot it, from the three-point line. Hot. Yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo was was like three of three initially, I believe. And, yeah. and I believe uh, DeMar wasn't that far behind. Zach was cold the whole first half. We all know I mean, Zach. you could say he's cold all the way to the fourth quarter. Yeah, you can basically say that, all right? Um, the Bulls go down at one point by 19. Their reserves, along with Zach, bring them back. I hate to go back to the championship Bulls, but what it reminded me, and this lets you know sometimes with your sample size being small and only your, only to uh, what you've come up with, it reminded me of when the Bulls came back on the Blazers in game six. And like Bobby Hanson, Pippen. Pippen was the only guy out there with like Bobby Hanson, Stacey King. I don't remember who was playing the point. If BJ, at this point, BJ was was BJ starting? No, BJ wasn't starting at this point. Was BJ starting? BJ may have been starting, which I was mad. I was mad when BJ took Paxson's job, but they had reserves out, and it looked like the Bulls were going. We we're going to go game seven, right? It was. It was here in Chicago. It seemed like, damn, we're going to end up going to game seven, whatever, 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 right? And they came back, and we won that game and won that championship. This is the Bulls' second championship, right? And that's how last night, and again, that was a championship. This is a game on a Monday night in Boston at the beginning of the season. But for them to come back and run Boston down in the fashion that they did last night with how well and now Brown went cold towards the end of the game. Tatum was giving the business all over the damn court last night. Brown mm-hmm. did too. Brown got so hot. Jalen Brown was so hot. It was ridiculous at one yeah. point. He but basically he got cold. them. He erased that lead basically himself, Jalen Brown. Right. You know what I'm saying? So for them to come back, for, for DeMar to 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 put on the game that he put on for um, Zach Levine, who w- was ice cold to get his shit together, all right, and to, to propel that team to a victory. And the defensive dope. clampdown all of a right. sudden. Just all of Dude. a sudden it was like, if it wasn't Jason Tatum, they couldn't do nothing. Exactly. Now, and then, listen, the Bulls frustrated them so much, Marcus Smart snapped after the game, all right? <laughs> That's how frustrated Marcus Smart was like, these MFs need to start passing, all right? They need, listen, they can score and all that. They need to give me the ball. I was in the corner, man. You, Marcus Smart, like Marcus Smart was, was hot, right? Like, like, dude, I wasn't expecting to, but I wasn't expecting to take this L, and you would too, because think, for the most part, they're looking at this as, oh, this is a victory. We're going home tonight. I'm going to enjoy right. myself. And then it's snatched from your ass in the fashion that it was. And we're starting also to find out this Bulls team's legit. Now, I still, because I was recording today, I didn't get the opportunity. I was going to watch the Utah game um, in between when we were supposed to record this show and the two shows that I recorded already, right? 
I still have to watch that one. But last night, I finally got to finish because I, I was in the fourth quarter of the Knicks game, right? So I'm only one game that I haven't seen this year, and I'm, I'm trying to get them all in. So not just because I want to watch it, but I suppose I know that I'm talking about when I'm sitting on here. Like, because no, these games year, are worth savoring and right, taking your I, time. Last year it wasn't. Last year I was delete, no. delete, 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 delete. I was watching them and I'm like, why am I still watching this? Like, I at one point asked myself last year, who the hell is asking for this content, right? Like, nobody is like, man, but no. let's talk about the Bulls, no. right? I mean, right? For the most part, unless we were saying something terrible about the team. So now to have this team who, not, you know, we've both said it here, you and I, as far as we didn't think they were going to be in a play-in. We thought they were going to be better. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I had them at five. We're thinking, uh, yeah, four, five, four, five, six four, five, and that four, that four is looking even better. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 man, the job that they've done so far, and it's sad that Pat, Patrick Williams is out for this season. You haven't even gotten Kobe White back. Ayudasumu is out there as a, a young kid coming out of college, filling in a role that you need on a weekend bench. You know what I'm saying? The, the Javante Green. All right, Ooh. I. I love Javante Green. And, and this is the crazy part. I wanted to have this conversation here, and I didn't. And I, I failed everyone on this, and I should have. I was thinking last week that it may be time for Javante Green to start, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, let let let, P. Will, let Patrick uh, Williams come off the bench or whatever. That's kind of what I was thinking about. And if he if, if, if he if he plays it well enough, you can insert him back into the starting lineup. But just from what Green was given in the preseason and during his year, and for right now, we're, we're, you're not really trying to grow someone. You're trying to win. Like, I don't even – tell me this. Majority of times as a Bull fan, you're looking at that team and you're like, man, who can they get for this dude, right? Sort of said player mm-hmm. on the team. Mm-hmm. I'm not even thinking about that watching this game. I'm not thinking about who's in this draft. All I'm thinking about is this team and what they can do. And it has been, dude, this has been about five or six years of that since I felt like that. Because you got to remember, even with Jimmy, at, at the end of it, we was like, what are we going to get? And by the end, I mean like the last two and a half years. We were mm-hmm. looking at wh- wh- where are you going to flip Jimmy for to start this whole and thing? And it was becoming more and more apparent that you had to trade him. And we always know value starts going down at that point. Real, yeah, exactly. Bellissimo says as good as they can be on offense. This is their proven on defense that everyone is selling as a weakness in preseason. Yeah, he, listen, the the defense, if they can. And when I was talking to Adam Amin earlier today, uh, during, make sure you check out that interview Friday. Um, that was that. I asked him. I brought our conversation over to there, Ryan, as far as Lonzo and saying how early in the preseason, I was saying that it was contagious. His passing and his defense, as far as getting in the lanes, mm-hmm. and he said, "Yeah, you know, you, when you see when you see these players and the effort that they're giving, especially for players that aren't known as being defenders, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like even Demar, I see really fighting out there. Vucho's going to say too. Like yeah, he's yeah, actually yeah. making a couple." blocks and things like that i i constantly compare him to valachunas and i think he's a much better defensive player than valachunas is okay no i, I it's they still need a rim protector like that's yeah. that's going to young be tony issue. bradley young Man, listen young at the beginning at the beginning of that game i was like tony bradley don't know what the hell he's doing out here right at the beginning <laughs> it was like damn it son get shit together right and then you started to see one from, from effort he was decent you know what i'm saying but no tony bradley's not gonna be enough they're gonna need somebody and i mean but this is a question too let me ask you this how far do you go this year because i, I don't i don't think anyone's thinking they're winning a title right no 
I, would, you I mean, maybe if Giannis and KD tear an ACL, you got to reprioritize. Exactly. But I mean, you still have to go through whoever comes out of the West, right? So, how much are you willing to give up when you don't have that much because you've traded away majority of your assets? And we still don't know from the Zach Levine side. Sorry, not Zach Levine. Lonzo Ball signing if the Bulls are going to get hit and lose a draft pick or not. So how far are you willing to go where maybe maybe in the second round this year, I mean, upcoming draft, you may find somebody of value. That's asking a lot that you'll find somebody that can get that many quality minutes. But if it's a one-dimensional guy, well, basically he's a rim runner and a rim protector, you may be able to pick up somebody like that. Yeah, and I wonder too, you know, if let's say Kobe White... <laughs> uh, if Kobe White doesn't exactly fit, but he could be featured on that second unit, that might be your top tradable asset because that's a guy that we keep talking about. AK didn't draft him, and he's gotten rid of basically everybody that wasn't here before other than Zach. So he's been looking to restart the team. And I don't know if you need a bench score as much as you need a rim protector and defensive guy, but you're right. You're going really, to need it. You're going to need a rim protect. I mean, you're going to need you need a bench score because, I mean, you're going to go through droughts where you're going to go times where DeMar and Zach don't have it. You know what I'm saying? Like you sure. saw that last night where Zach didn't have it. DeMar was on the bench. And this is that's this. I, you know, I love Lonzo. But the problem with Lonzo sometimes is shorty. You got to go get yours. Mm-hmm. Right. Like sometimes you have to get it. You know what I'm saying? And as D said, you might want to keep. Co- I'm with D. I think you need scoring off the bench. And also, we're asking a lot of I.O. Because in a way, if you're saying, I, mean, I would think that you're inferring well, it's that. more so like you have no first-round picks. What are you right. going to trade away to even get some kind of rim protector of good value? Because I feel like Tony Bradley, his rim protection level, that's the type of value you can get without giving away any of your players. And it's just reliant on the assets that you have or some of the lower-level players, which isn't going to make enough of a difference if you're going to have to like give up something of value, I think Kobe's really the only thing of value you can really give up. Maybe Javante Green, but I don't think you want to get rid of his energy. But you know what I just thought? What you the, This is funny. The Bulls, if this season continues to go down this pathway, they're good enough that where vets that are bought out may actually come here. Right. You brought that, that up weeks up, ago. That, that may be the answer to some of the situation where, because think about, all right, Paul Millsap, um, um, LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. Before the season started, they didn't know if the Bulls was real or not. And I mean, to be let's be honest, it's still early. I, I think we all believe they're real, but it's early enough that this they could fall on their face. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or they, it, it could be an injury. Like, what if Zach's uh, thumb and his non-shooting hand gets to the point where you have he to sit to take down time off. pain? And he's right, already so, said it'd be weeks to recover off of that. So, so dude, I mean, you, you, you don't know. But right now with how well they're playing, I could see some vets, at, a vet or two at the end of this year that t- a team buys them out and be like, you know what? I want to go to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Where, where even if I'm coming in late, it's somewhat is, and maybe the vets don't think about this as much because you're you just want to jump on a ring. But it's it's a tad bit more organic than if I go to the Nets or the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I mean that's where you're just cheating, right? You know what I'm saying? Where right. it's just like, man, I don't really and want throw to Miami on that on that. Too. I don't. I can't throw Miami, and they don't have. You have to have 
two of the two of the top okay, fine. ten enough. players on your team for me to for me to say like this. Miami. Can I just hate on Miami a little? I love throwing a little heat hate. I like I like the East organization and how it's ran. I wish yeah. we had that type of yeah. organization here in Chicago. Can I just, just be saying. bitter and jealousy? Like you can't. A, you can't. I will lover? never stop you. I will never stop you from like a jilted that. lover. You do please do it. They stole my LeBron and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. It's <sighs> so long, dude. No, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> all right, these are good times right now. We're yeah, going to they can actually beat time. this Heat team. We're not. We're not. Yes, they can. They really. Oh, this. It goes to the culture. The only thing that I fear with the Heat is their culture and their willingness to go to, yeah. to the end. Like those, they're Especially not, there's no quit. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly defensive. There's no, and let's be honest, they have a better coach. Eric Spolster yeah. is one of the best coaches in basketball. Period. Billy's up and, there, but he's, yeah, in he's not Eric stratosphere. He's not Eric Spolster. Eric's in a different you know stratosphere. He's, yeah, he's in the, he's in the top five, top three. Yeah. As far as easily. top coaches easily. in the NBA, but I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I don't know. And it's funny. I don't know how I feel about these two games against the, the against Philly, right? Oh snap! Barely Simo got the Lance Briggs retweet. Listen, also any any information you need to know about Larry Borum, follow Berlissimo because he's he has the end. Or I shouldn't say that Berlissimo <laughs> out here because it's been several players that Berlissimo will hit me on message and be like, so and so will be back, and so and so. I'm like. Damn it, Burley Smoke. But good, good looking, Burley Smoke. Definitely appreciate it. All right. But uh yeah, man. It it's been it's been a fun year so far. And I don't see it stopping. And I don't think it's smoke and mirrors. You know, because a lot of times you can see through the BS and be like, yeah, they're winning, but when it really hits, and we're gonna know because of these teams coming up. And I guess what I forgot what I was about to say. I would have been like, damn, Philly, they about to take on Philly. Ben Simmons is being Ben Simmons, uh, apparently, right now. And uh, Bede's um, knee, even though they said it's okay, he got an MRI. You got Tobias Harris out for COVID right now. It's like, dude, I, I, in a way, I don't even need to watch that game. Like, when's the last time there's been a, the Bulls facing a team that's had one of the better records in the East? What they either had the best record last the year before, last year or the year before, right? I think last year's season. Uh, yeah, I think they, they were the, the number one seed. Yeah, they were the number one seed last year. The, the team, the Bulls are facing last year's number one seed in the East. And they're going to play him in the upcoming game. And I'm like, hey, the Bulls, Bulls got this. Right. right. Like, when's the last time you felt like that? Because I Ugh. definitely have it. I mean, what were we talking about? 2010? Back in the day? That's the Dude, last it's, time, probably. It's, it's, it's been a minute. And it'll be interesting to see how this team continues to gel and their commitment to the defensive That's side. That's the other the thing. They have barely started even gelling. They haven't played that many games. It's the shortened preseason, the shortened training camp. I mean, you got to give them at least to the all-star break to really be clicking on all cylinders. And you're still waiting on Kobe White, who, I mean, we don't know how this team's going to change with potentially Kobe White. If you have like him and Lonzo and Caruso as, you know, you're in your um, bench coming on the court and then all of a sudden making all these plays and dynamic passing with that athleticism, whew, I mean, they could be they could be scoring like crazy. And they already – with their starting five are built to score. Like they can yeah. do so many things. That part is legit. That's but see, that's why the important part is the defensive side of the ball. Like they can score, but they have to defend, man. They have to, they like if they stay and I know there's going to be nights. They're just not going to have the effort in them. All right. Those have to be few and far between. 
You know, like they the commitment to they commit to playing defense. Dude, it's it's about to be so sweet. Where does AO play when Kobe? Man, Burley Small. I, I think first of all, that's a good problem to have that we're right, talking great, about. Great right question, now. too. Yeah, good good problem to have. It goes off of how well AO plays between now and when Kobe returns. You know, so if he's continuing to be a smart ball handler, uh, looking for the man up court, hit knocks down the perimeter shots, racing down the court. All right. And they're just playing fundamental basketball. If he continues to do that, I guess I'm still giving I'm giving him some of Kobe's minutes. All right. Now, it, because he's a rookie, even though he's a three year starter at college, but because he's a rookie, if he starts to kind of tamper down a little bit, I'm going to let Kobe come in and rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, because one, to be honest with you, you want to grow I.O., but you, you that can't be a feature of what you're doing this year. It has to come along with what you're doing, but it can't be a feature. Kind of going back to what I was saying about Patrick Williams and how I started to think, like, maybe he should come off the bench because Javante Green, what he's giving you with just effort and energy – that's kind of what you need at this point in the game. And then you can kind of bring P. Will along. I feel the same way with, with Io. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, if Io keeps playing like this, he's, I'm, if it's me, I'm, he's taking some of Kobe's minutes. But if he doesn't, you got to let Kobe come in here and just and, and, and cook. You got to let Kobe come in and try to be Vinny in the microwave or this next generation Lou Williams. And I think the, you know, the key in all of that, who's getting minutes and what, is what Billy is doing right now, how he's going to stagger everyone's minutes and get different combinations. And it already seems like Billy is the type of coach, he's going to let the game dictate. We've seen different bench guys featured in different matchups. It's not been like, Ao is my first guy off the bench, even though he's been mostly that guy. There are other guys that he goes to or he turns to, he just feels like there's a matchup advantage. So if you're especially trying to save minutes for Zach and DeMar for the grueling season, you can stagger those minutes, let AO have still his, you can still let Kobe have his, present some different matchups and different opportunities, and maybe that bench becomes more of a creative way to attack teams versus your mm-hmm. normal starting five that you're just anticipating to do one or their main things out there on the court. I think that's a, that's a great point. I, I have nothing to add. The last part you just said, was exactly what I was thinking. If you can get a, a, a nice second unit going, you know what I'm saying? Especially when you hear Stacey King mention bench mob 2.0, if you can get you a good bench mob going to where other teams are thinking, okay, the starters are out. Now we can start to make our movements. Like, nah, you got to still lock in on D because these young kids are going to come up here and run it, run it down your back. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're cooking with grease. You know what I'm saying? But again... And think about the athleticism with that bench mob. When you got Javante Green and Kobe White and some of these guys coming off the bench, like, that's so different than all of a sudden what you're playing against. I'm still... I only think is I worry defensively, and that, that goes back to that's not, not a strength of Kobe's. I just worry about the D. They have to and since D's watching this, they have to, all right, play D. <laughs> we we right. worry about D, too. All we the worry time. about D. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's jump over into the gridiron, man. Oh. Boy, it is a grid. Can we call it a meat grinder instead of the gridiron? Because that's what these games are starting to feel like. So, look, we just recorded uh, Hoax um, under center, right? And Hogue was like, man, listen, if the Bears think they're making it to the playoffs, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, basically what the hell is going through their mind, right? 
I just bust up well, and start. Is, is that is that with uh, the thinking six game losing streak brought us together? Is that the same <laughs> kind of thinking? Nothing can bring you together like losing. The league is after. jealous. They're jealous right. of what we have. You could you could lose these many games and still keep a team together like right. Matt Nagy could. Um, look, um, he had them lose. He had their record going down for the remainder of the season. Being uh, three out of winning three out of the last nine games, and that's not far fetched. That's that's Detroit, that's one Viking game, and who else did he have them? Giants. He has them beating the Giants, right? They may win two other games, but it kind of goes back to I think something I said last week. They basically could only lose really if they want to make it to the playoffs, right? They have five losses already, right? Mm-hmm. Three and five. They can only really lose like two more games. And we all know that they're going to lose more than that. I mean, <laughs> I guess absolute most three and you go nine and eight. Like you got to be at least above 500 if you're going to have any shot. And I don't even think okay. that's a good shot. Right. Like, to your point, think about it. you got the think- NFC West who's got NFC- one team that's Got like no, or they all have one loss or whatever. Right. The Rams have, and the Cardinals, so they're going to take Rams up one cards, spot. Right. You're you still have, struggling within your own division against the Vikings. Right. NFC sit, East. I don't know what the the standings are just off the top of my head. Well, but Dallas, if anybody's, Dallas, yeah, yeah, Dallas, Dallas is going to take that one. But if anybody's yeah. above 500, then you're competing. You still, with but think them. about it. You still have the Saints and the Bucks, yep. and the Saints just took back a shot at winning the division. Still, right. So where I don't I don't see it. All right, I don't see the Bears sneaking in like they've been lucky. They were lucky enough to do last year. Um, they've lost too many games, in, and in you my lost a tiebreak now to San Francisco. Great point. Great point. So listen, it, and it it, it kind of even makes today's trade line trade deadline even worse. The fact that <laughs> playoffs, <laughs> the fact that like what direction are you effing going into? You know what I'm saying? Because you're sitting here, your cap strung. All right. Like they got some hard strong. choices. Yeah, they got some hard choices next year as far as guys that they're going to have to let go. And really and quick with that, they had hard decisions this year. They decided to keep Jimmy Graham, who they're not using, and then pay him a bunch more money. So yep. just to let that you know, one. the hard decisions that they have, they haven't been very good at them so far either. That one, that's it's so glaring. And last year, I was a Jimmy Graham apologist because of the threat he was inside of the red zone. And they haven't used him at all this season. So it, you're totally right. It may, there's no reason he should be on this roster because you just you're just throwing money down the drain, basically. Or at least Mel has a question. You got remember mm-hmm. our our non worry for the Bulls. You got anyone in the NFC that the Bears don't have to worry about? That's a good question. I, I, listen, I, I would say no at this point. I, I, I I'm being I'm being I'm wrong. But I, can I still say Berlissimo the kitties just for all my people in Detroit who live in Chicago, who, who talk about Chicago but didn't come and live here for a period of time? Can I can I at least say it? And I, I get Berlissimo's point because, in all fairness, you really can't say, like, if your life depended on it, would you bet the Bears beat Detroit in the, 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 the their last game of the season? You wouldn't put money on that because – it may they may be the Dan Campbell game where you know he really gets them going and kneecaps start biting. But wasn't it a no year team. ago when the Bears needed to beat Detroit to keep their playoff hopes alive and Stafford came in and beat the Bears? 
There's, there's, yeah, there is. I mean, there's no team because I, the Giants are playing better, and I don't trust the damn Giants. But no. just from, but look, look what they did last night to KC, and I know KC is just a mess right now. But look what they did. So to is KC. San Francisco, and the Bears couldn't beat that hot mess either. What about Houston? Bears, you think the Bears hands down? Could I think Houston? they could beat. The Jets, hands down. That's a good one. That's a good. But he said NFC. Yes, no one in the NFC that I feel like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even Philly, like Philly, sometimes gets these random good performances. Like they could I definitely. I wouldn't say hands down the Bears would beat Philadelphia. I can right. see. I can see. They can hands down beat for. Seattle if Russell Wilson's injured. I'll give you that one. I guess. Boy, but Gino that Smith, one. Geno Smith would light this team. <laughs> Light us up like his jaw got lit up in the New York. <laughs> Listen, why do we always think about that? We talked about this before. We I'm like, how am I going to work in a jaw getting broke? I'm like, why, why can't we let that man live, man? People get into locker room altercations. I don't know. Blown up, Gino Smith. The thought just comes in <laughs> in between those two words. Uh, Listen, what were your thoughts on – I haven't gotten this from you. What were your thoughts on this past weekend's performance by Justin Fields? Justin Fields, I thought, was terrific. I mean, for the most part, maybe some areas where he could have been a little bit better. But, you know, he we saw some flashes, which I was dying to see. That run, that throw when he just, like, short stops it to Jesse James for that first touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing some of that stuff was really impressive. Um, you just want to see more, I guess, from him in terms of, like – Getting that damn ball in the end zone. He got them on the doorstep a couple times. Cole Komet, we were just talking about Jimmy Graham. Cole Komet can't make that one-arm catch in the end zone where Jimmy Graham probably does, and that's an extra touchdown. The yards are a little low still. They can't push the ball downfield, but that's been the story of Matt Nagy's offense the entire time here, so don't really hold Justin Fields accountable for that. I'm just hoping it continues to improve. Um, But I think, honestly, Ken, I don't know if you feel differently I think it helped not having Matt Nagy there for the offensive side of the ball specifically. <laughs> Real quick, if you can see this. Oh, yeah. We shout can. out my man, Berlissimo. This is the retweet. <laughs> and I, I could put it up there. I work for NBC Sports Chicago, so I think I can. It's fine if I throw that up there. Shout out to Berlissimo. All right. Always a down-ass G. Uh, look, um, yeah, I think it's easy to be like, well, Matt Nagy wasn't there. Things seemed like a little bit, you know, that they were going better offensively, even though one thing that's, and I know we we're talking about Justin Fields, that stood out to me was the fact that there was no adjustment to what the 49ers adjusted to at the halftime. Because the getting first, first part of that game, I'm like, damn, man, this, this may be, and I said the Bears are going to beat the 49ers. I said the Bears actually were going to go on a two game winning streak, beat the 49ers and the Steelers. They should have. They should they have. have. Um, we'll find out how how wrong I was this this upcoming. Uh, <laughs> A new yeah. segment. How wrong was Ken about how, the oh, Bears? Yeah, Two game winning streak. Listen, I think about you. Listen, if 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 I was betting on games, I usually do a, 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 a confidence pool and I do a pick'em. Right? I would use you so much because. <laughs> 
the char the Chargers game this year this past weekend. I was, I was like, there goes Ryan again. I, I said, there goes Ryan ass again. He just was talking about man something. I was like, man, the Chargers. And he was like, yeah, but you know, Belichick usually gets young quarterbacks. I'm like, yeah, but man, come on. And yeah, I was like, there goes Ryan. I was like, man, I need to use Ryan and give me some, oh, some bread. I was thinking that. I was like, ooh. Ken, I hope he's watching that Chargers. I, I was thinking about you. I was, I was like, man, whatever Ryan says, I'm just going to be like, yep, that, that's it right there. Um, offensively, though, there were definitely some things I like. One thing I think the biggest thing that we've talked about a lot when it comes to Justin Fields is his hesitancy to just get out and run. Like his desire to win from the pocket is cool. And you don't want a quarterback not going through his progressions because he knows he has feet. You know what I'm saying? That's one of the worst things that could happen. A guy just like, oh, okay, I'm up. You know what I'm saying? Like you you want your quarterback to learn how to win from inside of the pocket. But when you have the agility and speed that he has and that we haven't been seeing, you want to see him and sometimes instead of being hesitant and then taking off, dude, once you see it, just go. And we finally saw that. And another part that I did like was after Khalil Herbert went out, and Khalil Herbert was not the same when he came back. And I don't think Khalil Herbert would have come back if Damian Williams didn't get hurt too prior to him getting injured, right? Because he he was not the same guy, right? But to see him actually, when Khalil Herbert got hurt, realizing he had to run more, I loved it. And the, yes, he says the decision-making the RPO was way it, it definitely was, especially Berlissimo with that, that, that one play fake play action where he went in deep. Because sometimes I don't feel like he sells that play action enough, but he went in deep and then took that bad boy and took off. And then the other time where he took off and the cameraman didn't know. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm like, cameraman, I see I see his ankles right there at the top of the field. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you doing? But yeah, he's, he's imagine selling that the arc. Where that damn quarterback go? Yeah. And that the confidence, the confidence is definitely. There. Look, one thing. And it's, this this is funny because I haven't mean you haven't talked about this game. And it's letting you know how. And I'm happy we're like this how the loss, the L affects us. We didn't, we had this whole time during the show have not mentioned that touchdown run by Justin Fields, right? Yeah. Which was the highlight. Cause in the first, it was such a highlight because you're looking at this as being the cherry on top of this victory. This, this, it was like the coming out party. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, this is the full before it was like soft opens, right? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the full grand opening and they squandered it. The defense, Something do we see the injuries. defense? Do we know Let MIA see. where they're at? We got to look at it through through injury. And one thing Siafa pointed out was the fact that it was going to be easier to key in on Robert Quinn without um, without Mac being there. You know what I'm saying? How easy Real it was going to be. Real with, with the defensive line? Eddie Goldman's just bad again. Is that right? Dude, dude, I'm happy. you. That's one of the things that I mentioned on Under Center. Where the hell is Eddie Goldman at? Like, I still occasionally see a Kyrus Tonga signing, but Eddie Go, like, whoa. And yeah, I, when I, have we seen him do a tackle for loss dance or something? I, I mean, dude, especially how they're getting ran on. And the worst part is every week of the last couple of weeks, I'm like, man, you should pick up Mitchell. I'm like, man, he may not go off. And you know damn well Cal Shanahan will have the, the dude on the street running for 100 yards. It'd be like, <laughs> how, did the, how did the hot dog vendor get on the field, right? <laughs> but um, you want mustard with that, dude? The fact that they've been ran on so well the last couple of weeks, and one of their calling cards is not to be a team that is so easy to get ran on. And you had last year the excuse was Eddie Goldman was out. 
Eddie Goldman was there, and even though he was hurt, Akeem Hicks was back, right? And you would think that they would do a much better job of stopping the run. Not so. But again, at this week, you are playing against Kyle Shanahan. And yeah. you know, Akeem Hicks we love pretty injured still. Yeah. We, when it comes to running the ball, I don't know if there's anybody better in the NFL when it comes to scripted run plays than Kyle Shanahan. All right. Like he makes running sexy. So that I, I will give Eddie Goldman a little bit of pass. But to your point, where the hell has Eddie Goldman been? And initially, you could say it's rust. At this point, the rush should finally be gone, and we should start seeing you dominate in some of the fashions that you did prior to sitting out or opting out due to the pandemic. Well, I think like, okay, if the big like Eddie Goldman type plays aren't there, but you would think just him being in the lineup, the run game would be controlled better. Like they're getting run over like he was out all year again, which is having me very concerned because you got to have enough guys help out with that run game. The secondary ain't strong enough to where teams can really key in on run and pass. Like you got to shut that run game down so you can get the pass rush going and help out that secondary. Otherwise it's going to be long days. Like they don't have the cover guys. Oh, it's, it's going to be long days regardless. Oh yeah. Like you, you like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I listen, I hope this D gets back to where it used to be. I mean, and I mean this season, not 2018. I meant like three weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? But man, it, this, this is going to be an arduous process that we're going to end up going through for the remainder of the season because you know it's not going to be beautiful. The only thing that we really got is hoping that we see great growth from Justin Fields. But, man, you know this isn't going to be no good times right here when it comes to these Bears, man. It's just this is, this is, this is the hand that they dealt themselves and that we have to continue to watch. Yeah, unfortunately, because it's been uh, it's been bad news for weeks now. And, of course, when the schedule changed, what started happening? The usual Real quick, um, Schroeder, I was I did the uh, rush yesterday and uh, he just asked, why didn't I like Harbaugh? I used to be a Harbaugh to Chicago guy, Schroeder. Um, and college football is different from the NFL. So I do think Harbaugh could come back and be successful in the NFL. But he, he just has a very short, short life. I mean, a shelf life. If you kind of just look at what happened with the 49ers and he just starts to grade on people. So that's where I don't know if he didn't get the Bears right quick enough, how long he'd be here. And it's just kind of like, I don't want to go through it. And, and, and in all fairness, when you still look at, I know he made it to a Super Bowl, but when you look at his NFL career, it doesn't leave me long and like, yeah, I know he can fix this for sure. Because even more, look at Colin Kaepernick's progression. At one point, the growth stopped. And this is when Harbaugh was still the head coach. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of I, – I, I initially, before he went to Michigan, I wanted Harbaugh to be the Bears coach. And I, I am using some of his record at Michigan, but that school, one, it's not as easy to get players into. And I'm, they still think they're Michigan from the 70s and this, the, the, the 80s. Um, but still, they should be better with a guy that's football smart, as smart as Harbaugh is. That answers your question, Schroeder. Yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about Jim. I think he'd be better in the pro game than the college game for sure, but I just don't know. He's been hard to work with with people in the past. That's why he got driven out of the NFL to begin with. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Harbaugh could fix it, but I would at least listen to Harbaugh compared to this trash. I'll tell you that. And I'm with you, Berlissimo. I, I don't know why. It's just not enough Tonga. And we knew from preseason, let let him get in there and let him rock. 
it's not enough Tonga, and you definitely need to see some more Tonga in there for for all of us. All right, buddy, what you got for me next? Let's talk some trade deadline deals. Von Miller to the Rams, and we'll get uh, a couple minor deals that are still, I guess, noteworthy, like the Steelers trading Mark Ingram over to the Chiefs. That does anything for you. Not a trade, but Deshaun Jackson is now on the streets, being let go by the Rams. And Really? Yeah, he has been waived. I no, think about uh, you haven't even seen him since I haven't seen a Deshaun Jackson highlight since week two. I know mm-hmm. we have he did, definitely got a highlight on us the first game in a year, but I feel <laughs> like I saw him in week two. And it's it's all been roots and cups as far as receptions the for for the Rams. So damn. I mean, even though it's funny when 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 he signed there and people were hyping up like he still has it in him, I was like, you know, how often people bring in Deshaun Jackson, they're like, oh, we're going to unlock him. And it's like, no, you're not. And I mean, at this point, him being an older player, uh, the Von Miller deal, I, I like that, you know, for a team that's we're going for it. Um, he's not the Von Miller of old, but he's still a really good player. And when you're adding him to Aaron Donald and you're adding him to a Leonard Floyd and to a Jalen Ramsey. So now, look, which way are you going to shift that line? You know what I'm saying? So if, if you're trying to one stop Aaron Donald and Floyd, now you're going to have some issue when you've got two edge rushes and the greatest defensive tackle, I believe, in football history. And I'm a John Randall guy, so for me to say that is saying a lot. Yeah, it was Melvin Ingram. Sorry. Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs. Don't get it right now. Get it right. No, at least Mo's on me. All right, there, at least you know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good trade. Um, my fantasy team was happy with that Von Miller trade. Let's beef up this Rams D. I need, uh, need a little more production out of them. So You're holding on the defenses like that? <laughs> Yeah, how many? Wait, wait, how many points are they averaging for you to hold on to them like that? Ugh, not enough, but I spent way yeah, too dude, high of a draft cycling. pick on them, and I won't let it. Oh, dude. I won't let it go. Come on, I, I was, I was holding on to the stock, and the stock might be ready to start going. Nah, bro, nah, bro, can't. Just selling it, huh? Got to let it go. Uh, Got to let it go. Yeah, I think uh, you know the Rams. They're looking like the favorites in the NFC, or w- if not the favorite, probably top three. Mm-hmm. If you're putting Bucks and Packers just kind of in there because they're the reigning NFC contested contenders for the uh, Super Bowl on the NFC side. Uh, other than that, I mean the no Deshaun Watson trade. Bears didn't really do much. This trade deadline wasn't uh, as hopping as some of the years past. Yeah, but it's football, and there have been a lot of trades before the deadline. I believe it was which, 12 trades prior to today. Um, the Miller trade is the trade. Now, when you're looking at uh, Melvin Ingram, one, what does it say about the Steelers? I guess they're letting you know how they feel about this season. You know, he, he's, been, uh, he's been angry about his playing time. Yeah. Um, but but it, it, it's, it's one thing, though, and you know how I love Kansas City and, and particularly Baby Goat. Is it seems like Kansas City is 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 picking at straws because you you brought in Orlando Brown Jr. and it's not working, right? So now you have to figure out what the hell are you gonna do with him, right? You said like so you gotta you gotta give him some bread or you're gonna let him go, and then you're gonna have a gaping hole at left tackle, even though we know at Baltimore he was really a right tackle until the left tackle went out. You know, so that and then now the defense sucks. And you're sitting there trying to pick a straws again to find someone who can maybe get the defense, give the defense a little bit of energy. Man, Kansas City is in some trouble. 
throw up. Oh, and I forgot your favorite, the good doctor, offensive lineman, Turvenay. He got sent yeah, over to the, to Jets. the Jets. To the Jets. I thought about him uh, when I saw that. I was like, man, dude. I mean, that lets you know, though, how much they had on that line, but it, it really didn't work. And when we did our preseason um, around the league, you thought the line was going to gel and figure it out, and it has not whatsoever. That and It's bad business. Uh, just your thoughts on – Green Bay releasing Jalen Smith after they just you, signed him last year? But do, do you know, this is the problem, right? This is the problem. What the hell did anybody think when people were like, man, the pack got Jalen Smith? My first thoughts was, yeah, there was a reason he was out there. True. Right? Like, True. It's, look, I think all of us from that knee injury, and we're happy that he got his bread that Dallas gave, gave him that big contract, right? But he's not a star linebacker, he's a guy. Did he get some bread from Green Bay guaranteed too? No, of course not. He's not he's not a star. He's a guy and I'm happy because of him being a guy that would have gotten drafted so much higher had his his knee not got blown out in the bowl game that he at least cooped recouped a decent amount of what his his earnings his his career earnings would have been. But outside of that and again he's he's just a guy right now. He's fast, but he he's just a guy. With the at least most saying our linebackers are our linebackers aren't flowing to the gap. Should the Bears be looking at Jalen Smith? No. <laughs> I mean, you you have the linebackers. This is about teaching them and making sure that they're in the proper place. But also, it's it's in them wanting to do it and stick their nose in there. You know, a lot of guys don't want to stick their face nope. up in there. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, I, oh no, hey, hey, oh like a lot of guys that he. Dude, a lot of guys, man. I don't, I don't want to give them an. I'm glad you gave us right the here. face stick with that. that a lot of guys so don't. You, you definitely don't. But like as you said, this was an uneventful trade deadline. But it's the NFL. It's not the MLB, and it's not the NBA. So you're not going to get shockers and blockbusters. Even though getting here to our team, either folds. And, and again, I'm saying this like somebody has to want this these players. So clearly, perhaps nobody wanted these players. But neither either folds or um, Dalton shouldn't be here. I mean, like right. somebody. Somebody should have moved. All right, like watch. Get, it was Matt again, Nagy. Like we couldn't move Andy. I owed him. But but then again, some it takes two to dance. And also, teams may be looking at the money, the sort of prorated money that's still on those contracts, and they may not want it. And all and the big part too, this isn't a situation where it's a cornerback or a running back. A quarterback has to know the playbook. So mm-hmm. he wouldn't even come in unless that system, it was identical to a system he was playing with in the past, come in and be ready to start like in the next couple of weeks. And it goes, I guess we're talking about New Orleans as far as a team that perhaps would have traded for these guys since Jamie Winston, James Winston went out. And ooh, that looked like it hurt. Little, right. uh, little rumor, Philip Rivers is open to return with the Saints. I get And so y'all want to go back to not being able to throw down the field? <laughs> They want to go back to dang gummit, yeah, gummit like dang. You, I mean, I, I, I get. I mean, dude, with that defense though, like it's a, it's sad. I'm gonna tell you this: Sean Payton put too much stock into Jameis Winston. All right, like he, he did. It's just facts. He, he did like to think, and, it, and also I can say for, same for Taysom Hill to think that he had settled the question on who's going to be the quarterback now. I, he may be looking at it as a stopgap, so that may be his plan. And he, there's a long-term plan, which I'm, I'm sure he's probably going to work out in this offseason. But you, for you to have this team with Mike Thomas out major- this whole season so far, I know he's about to come back, right? Speaking of and Scotty, it, and, uh, that, that surgery right at the season. <laughs> uh, a la Shaq, 
Right. I, I, listen, I got hurt on company time. I heal. I'm gonna heal up. I'm gonna have time. my summer. Damn it. Right. Exactly. Um, but to look at where that team is now, and you banked all of that on Jameis Winston, I don't think that was a sound decision. To be honest with you, and I mean, I get it, but you, you see Jameis Winston more than I see him, so you should know. And Sean Payton is a, clearly a smart play caller, but you bank you put a lot on Jameis Winston and this window that you have. And we know how defensive windows close quickly. Mm-hmm. This window that you have, and listen, that's a team that's been cap hit. They like think about think about where they are right now and the guys they had to let go because how they were so they're so cap strong down there in New Orleans. And that's with Drew Brees' money was coming off the books and they were still so cap strong in, in New Orleans. So, dude, that that you're missing out on a great opportunity if it's me. Um, I guess Phillip Rivers. To me, there's nobody really on the streets. Jameis, of course, is going to be mentioned. But with Jameis, you're thinking about the inaccuracy. And you mean, if listen, if I'm going to play Jameis, and I'm definitely Taysom Hill isn't Jameis Winston, right? But I damn near should just stick with Taysom Hill, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Because at least he knows everything that we're doing instead of having to try to teach Jameis and get Jameis caught up to speed. Um, even though I guess you could let Jameis sit on the bench while Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon plays. And then if you think Jameis is ready to go later on the, 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 the season, you could implement him then. I feel like the NFL is just kind of getting to a point where if you don't have mobility, you got to be just crazy deadly from the pocket. Like it's just not a lot Tom of Brady level. That's what I was about to say. There's not a lot of guys that are like that. Most most of the guys, even most of the guys that are mobile, even the guys that you don't necessarily think about it. You, I mean, Josh Allen, mobile. Right. You know, right. Herbert, mobile. You know, most most guys that you still think standing in the pocket, those guys are at least running for. Listen, Danny Dimes, mobile. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to have some type of athleticism unless. You are a scientist when it comes to just right an assassin in the pocket. And it's it, listen, there's very few people that get to. Oh, you know, even though he's mobile, Russell Wilson. But again, mobile. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But so usually now we're in we're we're in the generation of you need to have athleticism along with what you can do inside of the pocket. Uh, I guess before we move over some baseball sh- chatter. Did you see the news on Henry Ruggs? Horrible news from him. Wow, dude. That that is sad. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was in a car accident that I believe he caused. He was un- driving under the influence. And a pass- I don't know if it was a driver. I think it may have been the driver of the, of the car that he hit. Um, someone in that, that vehicle passed away. So he, and he is being, currently being charged for DUI yes, with murder, with murder. So, I mean, it's it's sad. You know what I'm saying? Like um, it made it made me think about little from uh, the Rams. It made me think about Dante Stallworth. Um, at least I mean, I'll say this. Little didn't learn his lesson is he got caught with another DUI. So that's compounding a terrible situation. Sorry. When. You don't know any better. You took a woman's life, took someone's mother away. I'm talking about Little. And you're still out there drinking and driving. And I'm sure the team provided Little with plenty, plenty, plenty of opportunities as far as we can get somebody to drive you so you don't have to worry to be here. This is before Uber was out or whatever. Um, Dante Stallworth seemed like he learned. I mean, and he wasn't even, I don't believe Dante Stallworth was intoxicated. I think the dude. I don't think he was. Jaywalked. I think the dude jaywalked. He, I think the dude kind of jumped out on Dante Starworth. He was down in Miami, I believe, when this unfor- that unfortunate accident happened. Rugs drinking and driving in the city of sin. Um, again, any it doesn't have to be Las Vegas. It could just be a situation of being young and dumb. 
um, but you took someone's life and now you've altered the the trajectory of what your career may be depending on jail time that you're going to end up getting. And I mean, uh, the worst part still is I think I think it's 10 to 20 years he can end up getting. The minimum is two. The maximum okay. is 20. And I mean, it's I mean, the key thing is someone's dead and there's too many ways nowadays to get home without driving intoxicated. And especially you know in Vegas. Exactly. And I mean, one thing that we used to always say, you know, since the inception of the show with Demise, myself and you was if if morality doesn't work for you as far as don't do a because it's wrong. Think about your money then. you know, like whatever, whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes for you to do the right thing, even if it's selfish, do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to end up in a situation. I don't. I don't even know the last time, and I'm just just growing up. Um, I, I I was even buzzed in behind the wheel, you know what I'm saying? To where it's just, and he's young. I, I so that's. And I'm not saying it's right or it's an excuse, but it's one of those things you you just learn that that's that's just bad business to say in general. So it's definitely sad, and I I, I don't want to focus too. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, when these situations happen, we focus more on the player. Um, instead of somebody died and that person, one thing I was thinking, that person was driving, not thinking they were about to die. And all of a sudden it's over. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, that can happen in any situation, but it's even worse when it happens when, because of someone was doing something that they didn't have to do and they shouldn't mm-hmm. have been doing. And they took your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that's so clearly never pays out. Not right. worth doing. Right. So that that's that's it's just ter- it's terrible, to be honest with you. I mean, especially just from everything that's happening with Las Vegas, that team from the John Gruden situation. They're actually I'm playing better. Um, you know, it's like a rain cloud is, is, is following them. And again, I'm sorry, I did it again. Start focusing on the football instead of someone lost their freaking life. And that ain't they're not coming back. You know, and that's just in general. And I, I get it. Sometimes you think maybe you're not that intoxicated or maybe you can make it. Man, it's not it's not worth it because uh-huh. it, you're, you're not just risking your life. You're risking other people's lives. And it, again, if that doesn't work for you, you're risking going to jail. And I mean, I like my freedom. I don't know how you feel about yours. Well said. Well said. So is it that time? It is that time. All right, Ryan, we will go up for grabs. Ryan B. Ski, what do you have for me? Well, it's game six of the World Series tonight, so I want to get your pick and why, seeing as how we are officially baseball previewing the World Series now. Um, Listen, you know who my pick is. I bet the you Dusty. Thought, I bet Justin Nader. I bet you were sitting there like, boy, Ken's about to be up out of here, <laughs> right? This, this is about to be a gentleman sweeping this bad boy, right? <laughs> We come what back. We got deserves. this one. We got this one. What? What now? Uh, the, with the Braves going with a lefty, right? Yeah, Max Freed, probably. And we got the lefty destroyers. You know, it may not be the lefty destroyers in the White Sox, but we got the lefty destroyers in the Astros. Um, I'm Max seeing, Freed's been getting destroyed his last couple of starts. I'm seeing a game seven. Ooh. Where? I'm seeing a game seven. I'm going to give you my prediction. My prediction is based off of heart and not smarts. All right. I see a game seven. Oh, (laughs) USOB. I see a game seven where Dusty's face goes, the toothpick pops out of his mouth as he 
<laughs> takes on the steps of the dugout, running, all right, to, to the pitcher's mound as they have just won Houston the Cheaters. Everyone, the Cheaters. I'm doing it for Dusty, y'all. I'm doing it and Jose Altuve because regardless of cheating, I still kind of love Jose Altuve. Can we get but, some um, poetic justice? They slip on the toothpick and they're done for next year? <laughs> Jose Altuve rips open his shirt and he does. He has the buzzer on him. Like, right. okay, I did yeah, he slips on the toothpick and then the buzzer shuts. <laughs> Um, I, this I have Houston winning tonight. Um, but again, it's 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 totally off of wanting to see Dusty Becker get a, a World Series champion. I mean, a, a World Series victory or well, not victory, win the whole damn thing. Thank you, Bellissimo. Uh, what who what do you have, Ryan? You know, I, I am feeling the Astros tonight. I think the Astros are going to force a Game Seven. They got some momentum. I I don't know where Max like. I guess he's got to have a good start eventually. <laughs> like he it was dominant after the all-star break, but as soon as he gets in these big games, this happened last year in the mm-hmm. NLCS against the Dodgers. I mean, in these big games happened this year in the round prior in the NLCS against the Dodgers. And now with the Astros, he gives up some big runs, some big chunks of runs. And John Smoltzy was all about it last time when free pitch in this series it's going to be a challenge because their guys are great fastball hitters and they can stay off the breaking stuff. And they can they have a lot of guys like Yuli Gurriel that can hit it too, Michael Brantley. And it's going to be a real challenge for Max Free because he relies on that deception, not necessarily the changing of the pitch or the width and break of the pitch. It's about having that same motion, same movement, and then you can't catch up to it because you're fooled. The Astros, they know how to handle that stuff. So I think that they're going to get off to a lead. I think it's going to be tough for the Braves to come back in this game. But if the Braves, you know, get in that position, if they can wear down some of that bullpen that Dusty has been dying because he's been using so many of his bullpen guys for so long, especially without Lance McCullers since the White Sox series, if mm-hmm. he can, if the Braves can get out of those arms, maybe they can tire him out for tomorrow a little bit and get a better chance at scoring some runs and winning the series because I don't think it's happening tonight. Since you just said that, I clearly think the Braves are going to win the whole thing tonight. <laughs> you coming over to this side lets me know that I'm not going to be happy. At the what do you mean? Tonight. We just talked about my NFL predictions are on par. Uh, Maybe uh, NFL NFL predictions. <laughs> no, not it's NFL. Bleeding over. I can feel the bleeding. Bleeding. <laughs> I just is coming. I'm getting over there. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. So definitely, uh, everybody appreciate it. We will be back later on this week. Um, we may not go live, though, but we're planning on going live at least once a week, but giving you two shows a week. We always appreciate it. Um, just from the Henry Ruggs third situation, as you know, when D was on here right now, I would tell you to keep your hands to yourself. And still in the fashion, that is keep your hands to yourself when you're in there and you got that vehicle. But just be smart, man. Don't you know, I know it's easier said than done. Um, put other people above yourself, man. But And it's just a sad situation. So everybody be safe. And as always, don't do anything stupid until you hear from us again. And then still don't do anything stupid.